In today's episode, Joe Graham tells us the top three tips to hitting the 150K threshold if you haven't done it yet. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet the bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Ecclesiastes 9-11. DC Tribe, Josh Thomas, glad to have you. Hey, make sure you don't miss another episode. You can follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And also, if you're looking to better understand how you get stuff done, head over to dozonedna.com and take our personality profile assessment built specifically for busy entrepreneurs. It's going to show you how to build your world around you for optimal performance. Once again, that's dozonedna.com. Our guest today is... Joe Graham. Joe is the host of the 150K podcast, where he takes your dreams to six figures and beyond. He's a sales consultant that teaches people how to be, how to ethically scale their business. Joe, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. And for me, it's time blocking. What I've learned with is I get so much more done when I actually do time blocking. I do my calls that way. I make calls from 9.30 to 11.30 and then from 12.30 to 2. Found that I can do that with like life, with fitness, with health, with even having fun. Because if you put a time limit on it, you're a lot more 100% focused in what you're doing instead of having a target, but not really giving yourself a set box or as my buddy George would say, container to do it. So time blocking, it's not a sexy thing, but it's something that's made me the thousands of dollars doing it consistently. Not giving yourself a set container. I love it. Yeah. I don't, I don't live in boxes, man. You can't put me in a box. I'm, I'm too big and lumpy for boxes. Yeah. Well, the container is just keeping your, you set to where you're focused for that moment. You know, like, yeah, I hate being told what to do. You're an entrepreneur. That's going to be how that works. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, you've done a lot of really interesting things, Joe, Uh, kind of this, this time blocking idea here, where did time blocking, believe it or not, is actually a little bit controversial. Uh, And it, it has to do with what what it is, more or less, is time blocking is when you set aside a particular space of time, you called it the golden hour a minute ago. Uh, where mm-hmm. this is the only thing that I'm doing during this time. I have five tasks to do. I'm going to block out 1230, 130, 230, et cetera, to do these tasks. And that's awesome until something else comes up. And as an entrepreneur, something else always comes up. And so I'm curious, uh, and that's one of the reasons, that's one of the arguments kind of against time blocking. I don't know, nobody's mm-hmm. right or wrong, but I'm curious, uh, you've got your golden hours, but 
when things don't go quite as planned, how do you adjust that for your time blocking? If you've already got your day blocked out, but you have to make that adjustment for something that came in at the last minute, how do you handle that? Well, I do a few different things. So I am adaptable. So if something comes up and I can't move it, I will actually do the thing I need to do and then change my hours I'm going to call. It's more being consistently because as an entrepreneur, success is boring. You know this. You have to do tasks that aren't always super fun to do the results that you need. And what I found with time blocking is I'm able to accomplish more in that time frame. And if, say, for the whole week, you know, I'm normally trying to make calls from 30 to 1130. And three days of the week, I actually get those calls at that time. Great. It's just making myself be accountable to this is the task I'm trying to get instead of just doing the task that I want to do or getting distracted. And I've done this and I've taught this, especially in the sales role or B2B role. You have certain things you just have to do. And what I ended up doing was mastering the times that your people are there available to talk has made me hundreds of thousands of dollars. So for me, it just makes. Now, maybe you're creative or something else and you have different things. Like I'll do admin work when I have a chance to do admin work, unless it's something I have to do. Right. I'll I'll never do that even if I have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I have people for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that with, you know, I'm not like hot shit or anything, but it's like one of those things that just burns me up. And and the reason that I was asking you that question is just this morning. Uh, I have I have three full time employees working for me, uh, and just this morning um, there was a task. So we use Slack, and I use my calendar and all these things. There was a task that was given to me in Slack, and then by one person, a second person saw that task and stuck it in my calendar and blocked out the time. And then I'm asking for an update on this thing. And they both said, well, we we set it uh, in your calendar and we slacked it to you. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and yeah, so I missed it. Why? Because uh, something else came up during that time block. And it was like, okay, this isn't a call that regards, you know, making money. So it can wait, you know, and then I blew it. And I'm like, all right. So we had this long conversation about, okay, how do I make sure that this works? Because this time blocking thing has not been functioning for me. And so we have to have those fail safes in place. And, and I think it's a really important topic, Joe, because uh, the reason that this podcast exists, the idea of the do zone is because of problems like these. I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm running into these issues. And so I'm seeking the answers from people like yourself because we're all dealing with the same stuff. We're all dealing with shiny object syndrome. We're all dealing with overwhelm. There's too much task to do, not enough time to do it. There's not enough uh, uh, mental capacity or, or emotional capital to do all of the things that we need to do. And so how do we manage it all? How do we prioritize it? Do you have any thoughts on that as far as, all right, I've only got X amount of hours in a day. How do I choose the top, five to seven things that absolutely need to get done right now by me and the rest of the things that just either need to wait or not get done at all. Do you have any methods or, or ideas about that that you've developed over the years? Yeah. And I got this from my friend, George Bryant. I, I have needle movers. So I list three things 
in my business, and Andy Frisella talks about this with 75 Hard, having a forecast. But the same thing. What are the three things I can do in my business that's going to move my needles? Meaning it's going to bring revenue, it's going to bring impact, or it's going to bring insight. One of those things. And that's what I'm responsible for as the entrepreneur, as the leader. Like you said, you have people that do admin work for you because your use of time is better doing things that make me or that are not admin related. Same type of thing. You just need to figure out, okay, what is the key factors that I can do that I can move forward? I just call them a needle mover to get more client impact or resources. And again, I'm a very simple person. And like I've said this multiple times, but success really is just doing things you need to do. I mean, in a lot of ways, once you figure out the process, you just have to keep doing the process and building on the process and bringing it in and then just enhancing it and making it quick. Success really is just doing the things you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the boring things that you've proven out, like I know if I call a hundred people a day, I'm going to get four to five people that maybe are interested in close to you. You know, I know that if I send out an email campaign of 200, I'm probably going to get a 20% on that over the seven ways that I send out. You know, I know that if I go to an event, I'm going to network with people that I can maybe help them in their business or bring them onto my podcast. It's not like the big, wow, super exciting thing. It's just the thing that needs to get done. And then we win over time. It's the long game with entrepreneurship. Never the short game. It's never the one quick win. It's just building and building and growing and testing and trying and growing because you're creating a business, a life by design. Nice. Yeah, I like it. And, uh, you know, I, I like how your your brain operates here, Joe. And let's, let's, uh, Let's do a let's do a little surgery here and crack it open. Get into the do zone diagnostic. What do you think? Cool. Let's go. Awesome. So five questions here. I ask every guest. Uh, just rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind. Number one. What's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Quiet time or pace. Nice. I like that. And and how do you get back on track, Joe, when you lose that focus? It's breath work, time and space. It's like I have to go back to who I am, what I need, and what's my purpose for doing. So instead of trying to speed up or being distracted, I literally will go to this little spot, this little bench, and I'll literally just sit in nature and take even 10 minutes sometimes and just refocus, or I'll do breath work, like, you know, four counts in, four counts out, and just refocus and go at it again. Cool. And... Who is your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Sure. First of all, most of my wife, she's my biggest support group. Um, I'm also, I work with a gentleman named George Bryan. He has a group, Relationship Speaks Algorithms. I network a ton, like a lot of different networking groups. And I have other entrepreneurs that I talk with because, again, the lone wolf game doesn't work. You need a support in the community, but that's sort of the, just popped into my head right now. The lone wolf game does not work. You're exactly right about that. Uh, and uh, how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? Depending on the project, I will literally find someone that's done it before and ask their opinion or thoughts on it, or I'll take it one step at a time and research it and Google it and do different things that are there. Or if I'm really crazy, I just try to start taking it one piece at a time and going forward. It really yeah. depends on how hard the project is and what I want to do. Right. Eating that elephant one bite at a time. Pretty much. And last question, what's the number one pro tip that you'd give to somebody 
looking to get more stuff done in less time? Just be consistent with what you're doing. I know this is going to sound simple, but make the things that are important priority and go down from there. So like I'll have a list of, okay, these three things I have to get done, period. Anything else I can do for my business on top of it is great. These three things are a no, no way I won't do these today before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. And And so tell me, Joe, about this. 150k movement what's that all about sure it's kind of funny it's like one of those things where i've been in sales for 15 years and i was breaking 100,000 then i broke 150 then i broke 200,000 we went on the trips i went to disney with the family went to hawaii a couple times went to montana did a bunch of stuff and i was like well what now i'm living a good decent life because if you're over 100,000 you're in top 30 percent if you're over 150 you're in top 10 percent if you're over 200,000 i think you're in top five percent and i'm like well maybe can help other dads live a life by design because I my avatar in my mind is a dad that has some kids and wants to take them to Disney or do different things because like six years ago I wasn't in a good spot you know and now I'm doing really well so that was the podcast and I have a really good network so I brought in a lot of cool friends that show different ways that they can help people that or chase and build the life and do <laughs> life by design that they want to do funny a podcast host gets his tongue tied but it happens <laughs> all right that's why i don't typically edit you know it's like eh, probably nobody's listening oh, in I, yeah, i'm with you i don't edit at all like unless it's something like really technical like we were dealing with before yeah i love that like because we're human it's not like we're perfect we're just trying to get better you know so so 150k puts you in the top 10 percent of income earners in the world yeah it's crazy I looked it up. I was like, oh my gosh. And we see the people trying to sell you the Lambos and stuff. And don't get me wrong. I'm cool. You want to be a multimillionaire? Great. I just want to step one so you can start building your dreams without the pressure. And what would you say uh, in in your journey and, and of discovery here? Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? Cool. Let's go. What are your top three tips, top three recommendations for somebody who has not crossed that 150K annual income threshold, what are your top three tips that they can implement today that will give them noticeable progress towards crossing that threshold of $150,000 in annual income? Sure. Uh, The first one is level up education-wise, however you can, whether that's reading books, listening to podcasts, finding a way to bring yourself up because you're the secret sauce. Number two is get community or connection, whether that is on an online group or if you can pay to go to an event, it'll be life-changing for you. And three, this one's not, but it's true, especially in the sales world, stay the course. If you're in the sales role for more than two years, you become an expert because most salespeople bounce around and people don't understand overestimate what they can do in a year. I know it's cliche, but underestimate what they can do in five. But like my life is proven. I've been in this one role for four years, five years, and I went from not doing well at all to making over 200000 a year. It's a simple process. That's not like a brag. That's just saying like I'm a country boy from Michigan that learned the system to sell to people and I make really good money. And You can do it too. It's just, it takes a little bit more time than maybe people want it to. You know, I think, uh, first of all, I, I agree with all three of those. I'm surprised to hear the last one, but I 100% agree with that too. Uh, and so leveling up education-wise, yes, definitely you need to invest in yourself, period. 
Uh, if you're not investing in yourself, that's why you are where you are. Uh, and you need to get yourself around people who are thinking smarter and faster than you. If you're not doing that, that's why you are where you are. Uh, now, this is interesting, though, about if you're in a sales role for more than two years, you're the expert because all those guys bounce around. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about that, but that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I I took a I took a sales role that I was in for six years. And I took a consultative role where I did some sales that I have been in and am still in uh, for almost five years. And, you know, there's probably not too many people that can do that sales call better than me. Not because I'm some amazing genius. I mean, I'm pretty good. Uh, But when when you've had the same conversation more than 2,500 times, you learn a little bit. You know, you learn a little bit that a manual or a coach or a training session just can't do. And and so that's fascinating to me about staying the course. Whatever it is that you're going to do, just keep doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a gentleman named Mike Claudio uh, who is uh, we're in the same mastermind together. And I'd started this training program and and I uh, was donating the proceeds to his charity, which is called a champion's shoes. And what it does is it provides a pair of new kicks to underprivileged children. Um, and I thought it was a kick-ass charity, no pun intended. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said, look, I'm going to launch this thing. I'm not real sure how it's going to go, but I'm going to donate all the proceeds to your charity. And he was like, okay, cool. And so I gave him an update on how it was going and, uh, you know, I had made some mistakes and trying to figure some stuff out. And he's like, look, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is keep doing it because the biggest problem with everybody here is they quit. If you just keep going, eventually you'll be the only one left. You don't even have to be good. You just got to keep going. And that has stuck with me for at least the last year. And there've been times where I'm like, oh man, I'm not making any progress. You know, I can't get anybody's attention. You know, nobody's listening to my podcast or whatever. And I keep hearing Mike echoing in my head, like, man, just don't stop. Whatever you do, just don't stop. Yeah, it's hundred percent. And the follow-up game with that, say you talk to a customer in your first year and then you talk to them in your second year. By the time it's third year, like, holy crap, this guy's still doing this. He must be doing something right. And then you're there the fourth year and the fifth year and it starts to compound. I've made money off the deals. I started talking with people three, four years ago, but because I stayed the course, I won. Mm. And that was, it, it's a crazy, like I agree hundred percent with my Claudio I'm on Facebook and all too. And that is like key. Golden nuggets right there, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and so I'm just curious about this, trip to Malaysia what happened there so real funny and I'll try to keep it short so when I was younger uh, my wife and I were going to a church thing we had just gotten married and we decided to go on a mission trip honeymoon I don't recommend that but that was just kind of we did that and I'm taking her into it I know that was wild and weird right well it happened we got married in July but that trip wasn't until so we went to Malaysia half of us our honeymoon half the other we were supposed to fly back on 9-11. So we got stuck in Kuala Lumpur for five extra days. 
Northwest Airlines was actually still around at the time, and they paid for three rooms. We got one of the rooms. We got to stay in the Pan Pacific Hotel right by the airport. So it was cool. And, I mean, if you ever want to go to a cool country, Malaysia is actually really cool. There's a lot of Aussies, Europeans, Chinese, and it's just like a very cool kind of place to go to. But, yeah, that was kind of wild to be stuck overseas when that big event happens. Like, I still remember the whole thing because, like, got in an elevator and I, an English woman goes, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why are you sorry? Because we're out of country. So we're not, like, watching the news or anything. So right. That's my Malaysian story. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking that like maybe a tsunami came through and, you know, like, no, <laughs> gotcha. Nope. Uh, yeah. And I think for, for those of us uh, who are uh, old enough, um, we all pretty much remember where we were that day and that, and, and in that moment. Um, and it, it was certainly, it certainly was very jarring, um, but you, you definitely got the, uh, you definitely got the good end of the, uh, of the bargain there having a couple extra days in paradise. So that was interesting. Yeah. That so. part was cool. But the only thing was we were watching CNN because that was the only channel in English. And then we would watch sumo wrestling because that was the only other thing we could. You got tired of like of binging all of the bad news. You're like, let's just watch these fat guys battle it out. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to bring some, because it was just one of those things. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think I would, I would choose uh, over the news. I would choose pretty much anything, especially sumo wrestling. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome, man. Cool. So <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here in a second. But uh, but Joe, tell us really quick uh, where where can people find you and and where can they learn more about your podcast? Sure. Um, podcast is 150k podcast. It's on Breaker, Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere you can get. On Instagram, you can reach out to me at the 150K Podcast. And on Facebook, I have a 150K Podcast group, and it's the number 150K Podcast. I try to keep it simple, and then it, I'm the guy. So if you send me a DM, comment, whatever, I will respond to you, and we can connect that way for sure. Excellent. So, uh, Joe Graham, thanks so much for coming on here and sharing with us uh, your wisdom, and especially thank you for the perspective on staying the course. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, so we're going to wrap up for here. Uh, if you uh, can go on to most of the social networks, you can learn about the 150K podcast on Instagram. And uh, did you say Anchor also? And yeah. Spotify, Apple, all those places? Yeah, pretty much any podcasts are. I, I'm on all of them. Anywhere podcasts are, you can find Joe. Look for the 150K podcast. Once again, if you want to keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And don't forget to get your own personal DoZone DNA by visiting DoZoneDNA.com. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. 
We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time. Yeah, yeah.